This is The Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson, a weekly podcast and radio show. Listen to The Business of Life on demand by subscribing and downloading it wherever you listen to podcasts. On this episode... I may be this face that you see, and it's the same with your life too, Arlene, is that you may be the, the face of you know, your, your company and your branding, but I mean, I know for a fact how many people that you, you've got in your employ and how many people are helping you do what you do. And you shine a light on those people every day. It does take a village. I mean, there's no such thing, oh, as, man. There's no such thing as singular success. Like, there, nobody does it alone. Nobody. All coming up with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. Hey, Jan. Okay, I want you to know where I am. I don't know where we can post a, a, a picture of this, but I'm in my bedroom. I'm, I'm, it's uh, quite early in the morning. I'm in bed, and uh, my little dog's here beside me. And I've got my remote, um, my remote setup. You know that Bell uh, was very generous to to give you and I for when we're traveling. Uh, but I'm not in Toronto today, and and uh, I'm I'm here in Calgary, and we're doing it from my house. So I just want everyone to know that I'm being a lady of leisure, and I've got no bra on. <laughs> and it's six a.m. in the morning for you. It's eight here it's in 6 Toronto. It's six a.m. minus twenty five degrees. Ooh, well, you know, okay, there's there's something that every time I speak to somebody in Toronto and I say I'm from Calgary, the first thing they say is, oh, it is so cold there. And I go, no, it's actually colder here in the winter. And they go, oh, come on. It's like 25 below there. And I go, yeah, but your 10 below is worse than our 20 below. And they go, no. And then I go, yeah. And I say, it's a dry cold. And they go, oh, there's no such thing as a dry cold. And I go, yes, there is. So we have this. It is every single time that they have to. I, I don't know any other country in the world that competes to have the coldest weather. Who has the coldest weather? First, it's Winnipeg, well, Saskatchewan, you know, Calgary. But it's never Toronto, apparently. Well, they keep throwing out those stats that in Medicine Hat, it was colder than it was on Mars today. And I mean, things like that. <laughs> they do? Are Well, yeah, they really, I think Mars is minus 50 or something sort of as a general temperature. And uh, with wind chill, I remember being in Winnipeg several years ago and we were loading out our equipment after a show. So it would have been, you know, midnight and, you know, you have 20 people from the union that show up and they're dragging out all the lights and the equipment and the cases. And it was like minus 57. But I do remember that. I remember their headline as we drove out of town, you know, the newspaper was colder than Mars on, (laughs) you know, Saturday night in Winnipeg. So yeah, you know, we're a hardy bunch, but you know, I. It gets I cold know. in Toronto. I am here to tell you. It gets really, really. I'm not going to swear, but it gets really cold in Toronto. <clears throat> I'm. I'm. I, I remember crying on a. I was. I was in a mall. This was like five or six years ago, and I was just was sitting on a bench, and I was waiting for my mom and dad. They'd gone into chapters or something, and I'm like, "You guys, you go do what you're going to do. I'm going to sit here on this bench," and I ended up sitting next to. I think they were a Somalian family, um, and the kids were running around, but they had all parkas and stuff, and, and I said hi to the lady and, you know, smiled, and she, we struck up a conversation. Her English was pretty good, and I said, oh, are you waiting for somebody too? And she goes, yeah, my, my husband is getting a new winter coat. And I said, oh, you need winter coats here. And she just went on to say, uh, she goes, I don't care how cold it gets here. 
I'm so happy. We're so happy to be here. It can be cold like this all year long. And I just got like this lump in my throat because they really didn't care how cold it was here. They were so happy to be in Canada. And I just, I remember that. I don't know why that made me think of it, but yeah. Hmm. Well, we are a hearty bunch, as you said, and I think we have to, you know, get out and enjoy winter. I mean, the uh, and and for the most part, people do, you know, like you get out, you snowshoe, you ski, you snowshoe, you toboggan, you <laughs> uh, Jan, just paint a picture with me, okay? We want our listeners to believe we're out there in the snow with our hats on, oh trudging through there, merrily singing. No, we're not. Oh, I, okay, maybe we're not, but I could <laughs> and I would and I have. Hey, listen, I got something that I got to tell you. Okay, So <laughs> I woke up this morning. Yesterday I was trying to be super healthy, you know. I'm trying very hard because after a few weeks away, I was, as you know, I was in St. Kitts and I was on holidays for a couple of weeks and it was so much fun. But I came back I, and I ate and did everything I shouldn't have done while I was on holidays. I drank too much. I ate too much. I did all the things you say you're not going to do, okay. but you do. But well, it's it a holiday. It was a holiday. I was fine. And, um, <laughs> and... So I get home and I'm back on my Peloton and I'm back doing all the things I was supposed to do and, you know, eating properly. And I had a one of those um, packaged salads. Like I take those packaged salads and then I add a bunch of stuff to them, right? And I think they're great because they, they're convenient. Mm-hmm. Well, they're probably not as, as good as if I'm you I'm almost did it. afraid of where this is going. I, I don't know why, but I'm already, <laughs> like I already have sweating Be happening. very afraid. <laughs> I didn't find anything in the bag. However, okay. however, this morning um, on the news, there's a recall that the packaged salad I ate last night is being recalled for listeria. Okay, well, I thought you just said hysteria, <laughs> no, but it's listeria. I, I, w- I almost went hysteria <laughs> because, like, like, so now all I can think about is, am I going to get sick? Is it, okay, is, is it, it the right brand? Like, yes, is it, it the was brands? the exact same expiry date that they t- said and the exact same brand. Okay, can we just what go do over I do? This? What, what do I what do? Does, I know, I know, but first of all, what is listeria? It's I think it's like um, it's bacteria that gets it's it's bacteria that gets into I believe it for the most part it goes into produce. So it's um, although it maybe go maybe goes into no I think salmonella is meat. I think listeria is just produce. I'm gonna look that up while we're talking. Adam. Well, do you feel Adam's anything? gonna look that up? Adam, wait, I, I looked over to Adam. Anyway, the, apparently it's come, you know, from uh, either not washing it properly or the equipment, the machinery is not clean or I don't know, Jan. I just know it sounds horrible. And all I can think about when I think about things like that is I can see um, Sigourney Weaver in, um, you know, Aliens. And I <laughs> something this, this busting horrible, out of her torso. Something busting out. Of, like, I just that's all I think. It's hold okay. on. Hold on. Adam's telling okay. me. OK, here comes the information, people. But what? We're not, not uh, So okay, an improperly um, processed um, deli products, deli meats, and an unpasteurized milk. But that doesn't have lettuce. What doesn't say lettuce? But listeria is lettuce. It's it. I thought it was lettuce. Did you look up the right thing, Adam? It is early. <laughs> you sure? I I think listeria. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm I'm double checking. Anyhow, well, you're okay. You seem to be fine. Well, how how long does it take? Well, I would. We don't imagine. even know what it is, let alone how long it takes. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's something. Okay, it's an foodborne infection that can be yeah. very serious. 
for okay. pregnant women and people with impaired immune systems. It's most com- commonly contracted by improperly processed deli meats and, and pasteurized. Most commonly, but I think it does also come, obviously, into lettuces. Listen, food is the silent killer, Arlene. Food is the silent killer. You just have to remember that. Like Anything you do involves some sort of peril. You know that, right? Living involves peril. It doesn't matter what you do. Life is going to kill you. Just Me? remember that. Really, thanks, Jan. That's that's great. Yeah, that's really, I feel much better now. So I don't know how long it takes for these symptoms to come, if they come at all. But um, and I hope I, I feel bad. Like I'm seriously hoping and worried about all the pregnant women out there and the you know people that do have. Well, um, do you want to say issues. the name of the package, or are you allowed to do that, or do we not want to get involved? Um, See, I feel bad. I feel like you should tell people what the package is. Yeah, called. I don't. I mean, it's on the news. I don't think you know. I mean, I, listen. I would. I will. You know, continue to buy if it's this a product. Recall, it's a recall. Okay. From it's, who? Um, it's a recall from Eat Smart Brands for the okay. sweet kale vegetable salad bag kit. But okay. and it's but it's only a very it's very specific. It's very specific to the regions that it was sold, like Ontario and Atlantic Canada. I think it is, and it's very specific to an expiry date of February the sixteenth. So, okay. um, I, I believe. So, yeah, you know what? I think well, that's, that's fine. I mean, listen, I, I, th- this is a great company. They've, they've clearly, they sell a ton of packaged salads. So I'm sure they will. Well, at least they're this, airing on I just the hope nobody gets sick. I just hope nobody gets sick. I'll tell you, the sickest that I've ever been in my life has been because of food poisoning. Yes, me too. Um, I've been sick. I'm going to say two or three times in my life. I, I don't know. They tell me, I don't know who they are. That once you've had it, uh, once the bacteria has been introduced into your gut health, that you're more susceptible to get um, food poisoning. I will say that I've cut my chances back. I would, I'm going to say by 90% because I don't eat meat anymore. And that the three times that I got food poisoning was all because of chicken. Really? I've had it, and, I've had it really badly um, from seafood. Yeah, seafood is another culprit. You know, people have talked about tuna, if the mayo, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I just remember thinking I was going to die. Yeah, I was in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I, my whole body was, it just was poisoned. Food yeah. poisoning. Yeah. Um, and I, all you can do is stay as still as possible. And I remember I did not know whether to hang my butt into the bathtub in the hotel room and be <laughs> throwing up in the toilet. I'm sorry. Here we <laughs> this go. This is not the greatest Okay, this story. may be too much information. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it, it is so horrible. And there's nothing worse than being sick in a hotel room. Like, my poor road manager was running it's around the worst. for me. I had to cancel a photo shoot. I mean, I'm sounding like a whiny baby, but... It's so awful. No, so, but, you know, you. I've had, like, well, two things. I just looked up the... The um, symptoms of listeria it says it may take as long as. Oh my thir- God, we're still there. I I just ate this stuff. Okay, <laughs> uh, this may take as long as thirty days or more before the first signs and symptoms. Thirty days. Yes. Oh my God. Well, so let's get I, back to you in thirty days. Okay, so thirty days. I'm going to come back and see how I'm doing, <laughs> and that's all I want to say about the subject for now. <laughs> okay.
So, Jan, you say that you were you talk about being sick on the road. So I have been the, the, the most deadly sick I've ever been has been on the road. And it's really oh. frightening. I, like you talk about being in Vegas in the toilet and the bathtub. I usually have the, the three times I've had food poisoning. I've actually found that I had to sit in the shower and just let, you know, like oh. it's the only kind of relief I could get to just from stopping shivering and shaking and all the things you get. But the worst I've experienced I've ever had is I was. I was I was I was down in the states uh, on a business meeting with one of my colleagues, and you know we, we were kind of doing our our thing and had been at a meeting, and I went back to my room, and I had these horror. I uh, my I had a rash breakout. I was my heart was racing. I honestly I thought I was having a heart attack. It was horrible. Like I've never experienced anything like. So I I was at the time married, and I I got on the phone quickly to my. Um, now ex-husband, and said, you know, listen, I'm, I'm feeling really sick. I don't know what's going on, but I've got this rash, and I'm, I'm sweating, and my heart's racing, and I feel horrible. And he said, call, call down to the front desk and get them to take you to the, um, to the emergency. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, that, I'd, I'd be so embarrassed. He said, Arlene, he said, Are you, you could be having a heart attack. You don't know what's going on. Like, he cared back then, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. Things changed. Things changed. If I called him now, he'd say, "Oh, whatever." <laughs> anyway, back then he cared. So, um, so, so I called on the front desk, and of course they call they call uh, the medics, the paramedics. The paramedics come get me. They they took me out of the hotel on a um, one of those trolleys. I was like, I I, I I was sure I was. I like the word gurney. Gert, well, gurney trolley. <laughs> no, they took me out in those trolleys. You know that that they put luggage on. They stuck me on those and wheeled me the down. The San Francisco <laughs> treat. That's what I think of when I think trolley. <laughs> <laughs> and anyhow, so I I went to the hospital and I was having an allergic reaction, a really bad one, and I needed to get um they had to give me steroids and and epinephrine everything else. or something. Yeah, and they said if I hadn't had come to the hospital, I definitely could have. Um, asphyxiated because I couldn't breathe yeah you could have died yeah so it was I could have died but the the worst part of it was I mean that was bad enough and I I was grateful for the the health care but the worst part is my peer the the colleague I had who worked for me at the time had to be there with me because they wouldn't let me go like they said are you here by yourself I said no I'm here with you did you know him very well well sort of but I was in the hospital in my gown and he was sitting there looking at me like, I can't believe I'm here working for this woman. This is way too much information. And I just, it was kind of mortifying and relieving. And, and Are you still friends with this man? Uh, Do you yeah, still know I, him? I still, Do you still, I still, I still know him? him. He hasn't worked for Do me Do you guys anymore, ever but... have a drink and go, gosh, Arlene, you remember that time you were pooing in the bathtub in <laughs> no, I didn't Florida? Yeah, that's you. Oh, you I, didn't your, you, I didn't know if you were You got our stories mixed up. You got our stories uh, mixed up. That's your uh, story. I wasn't. I'm, I I don't know. I just, uh, my friend, everyone I know has a, a food poisoning story. I My friend from England locked himself on a train, a public train once. Uh, you know, they have these horrible bathrooms. He calls them the irritable bowel uh, syndrome uh, carts <laughs> because uh, not every not every train carriage has a washroom in it. And he says you can always tell the people with irritable bowel because they're in, they're in the little they're in the part of the train where the bathroom is. Anyway, long story longer than it needs to be. He Are literally had dealers? to lock him. He had to yeah, true. He had to lock himself in the bathroom, and there was people pounding to get in, and he just he just stood in there and had a good cry, and and just had, couldn't leave the bathroom. 
Ugh, that's horrible. I know, and had to call a workmate when he got to the station to bring him, like, I don't know, pants or shorts or something from his office. Like, there's so many people that have gone through this stuff, and it is such a nightmare. It is it's not the, easy being a person. It is not. It's and, just not easy. And it's the worst. With, okay, you know, maybe, again. Welcome we're, we're to ne- our show. We're never going to be sponsored by anybody because we well, talk. Okay, here's a what modium. I okay. Would it kill a modium to sponsor us? <laughs> they should because what I was just about to say is, have, you know, I have had friends who have had like they've had like, this hasn't happened to me thankfully but you know they have to go to the bathroom so badly <laughs> a, a, a male friend who tells the most hilarious story of being <laughs> having, <laughs> having to go to the bathroom thinking he could hold it in not being able to hold oh, it no. in actually really literally shitting his pants <laughs> Okay, we're gonna. That can happen. That is not swearing. That is actually. Adam's going. No, no, he's cutting like going across his neck. No, no, you can't say that. But he, but he actually did, and he like he laughed about the story later on. He said, "Oh, it was so." In hindsight, it was so funny, and I'm going. I could never laugh about that. But I, you know, like there's times where you have to pee really badly or go to the bathroom so badly, and you're dying to get in the bathroom. So somebody had locked themselves in a bathroom, and I needed to go to the bathroom. I would not be happy on a train. Oh, no. I, I was on a flight once. I mean, I know, I don't know how we got talking about this, everybody, but we're, we're talking about it because it's important. I was on a flight and I was going from, I was going from Calgary to Chicago and there, someone was very sick on this flight, obviously, but soon, as soon as the seatbelt light came off, this guy bolted up, um, from we were in business class he bolted up from business class he just looked white and he got into the bathroom you know and the little red light goes on with the female and the male icon up there so you can tell that someone's in the bathroom he didn't leave and then the flight attendant about 15 20 minutes another passenger said you know i really need to use the washroom she knocked on the door um he moaned something we couldn't really hear what was going on but the poor guy had had you know, once again, the old food poisoning, and he was so embarrassed, this guy. And he was he was in there the entire flight. I think they kind of had us all go and use the washroom in the back of the plane. The pilot actually came on and said, you know, we have, an, we have a medical issue, and we're going to ask everyone to, you know, just be patient and use the washroom at the back of the plane. But then... When when he actually came out, they had they had um, medical people there waiting for him to take him off the plane when we got there. But I just I'll never forget him, and he wouldn't even come out of the bathroom. So Lord only knows what had happened to him in there. But he just as we kind of funneled by, you could kind of just see his eyeball appearing through the crack in the door. But I mean, again, it's just, again, I see alien like like don't go but in. Everyone was so- everyone was so glad that it wasn't them. I yeah. mean, I think he was fine. But once again, and you just never know where you're going to be. It's, it's, and, and really the world doesn't make it easy. There, there's not a lot of public washrooms. Like, well, well I feel for people, gas stations, you got to go get a key that's attached to a bloody ladle or some kind of giant shovel. Yeah, there's the key right there. It's attached to the shovel. Where am I going to go with the effing key? So what's funny about what we've just been talking about is, and 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 interesting, not funny. That's, I don't even that, know how we got on this, but no, I don't, I don't either. But I on the plane, I've been on. I mean, we both fly a lot, 
Mm-hmm. And every, you know, quite often, quite frequently, somebody is ill on the plane. Something's happened. Somebody needs uh, assistance. And, you know, they always go on and say, is there a doctor on the flight? And I'm always so shocked at how many of those little ding bell things go off, right, that there's somebody on the flight who's a doctor. And there's usually like several. I've never been on a flight where is there a doctor on the flight and nobody has has hit the call button. Have you? Like, that's pretty... I, no, so no, thank you. I, but thank you there's, to all the doctors, doctors out there. Yeah. But thank you to the doctors out there because I wouldn't want to be 30,000 feet in the air and ill and not feel like I had really good medical attention at least somewhere close to me. So, I mean, I'm very grateful. I always think to myself, man, those guys are brave because, you know, I'm sure they're not... There's no. I'm sure there's liability attached to that, but they they put they ring those call buttons and they help people. And, and I know they take the hippo, Hippocratic hip, oath. They're hip. Yeah, they're hip. Yeah, the hip. Which was. Wait, but you're not wrong. You know, um, the Hippocratic oath. You know, way back in Greece, that you know you you do whatever you can to save a life. I mean, it's thank thank heavens. Um, I've been sick on a plane. I've had to be hauled off a plane. Have by, you? Um, yeah, by uh, I was flying to Nashville when I was drinking. Um, excessively in my life, I um, had lots of heart issues. And you were privy to that yep. y- many times in my life. It was a combination of, it was, but it was actually absolutely alcohol driven, but you know, stress and just lifestyle. And I would get these episodes where my ventricle, my left ventricle and my heart would just go, screw you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to act up and it would just puff up like to this giant, thing that hardly worked anyway I remember being I had been really drinking the night before and I got on this flight and something or other happened and of course I get this heart thing and um they had to pick me up in Nashville you know the the 911 people were called and but they did ask for a doctor on the plane and I was lying it was a CRJ so it was a little jet going I would think I was going Toronto Nashville and uh, the doctor came from the back of the plane and he stayed with me the whole time. That's amazing. And it happened very early in the flight. So it is scary, but, you know, thankfully, I mean, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for my sobriety every single second of the day. It's made such I saw a difference for you. Oh, yeah. I, I saw this uh, this little clip. It was Jamie Lee Curtis. Um and everyone knows who Jamie Lee Curtis is. And if you don't, she was in the Halloween movies. Her, who doesn't know Jamie? Her, 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 mother was, her, her mother was Janet Lee. Her father was Tony Curtis. She's awesome. Anyway, she, yeah, she's been sober for 20 years. And she said it's the greatest, single greatest thing she ever did. So yeah. anyway, planes, being sick on planes or in hotels. Well, thank I, you. No, thank you. So I, I posted on Twitter that I had eaten this lettuce, right? Do you want to hear some mm-hmm. of the comments I'm getting back? Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Here's one. So I say, guess what I had for dinner last night? And somebody replies, it was a good, it was a good run. <laughs> like, what is that? That's not nice. Um, uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, because they know they've probably I'm sure you'll be fine. Wait, listen to this. I'm sure you'll be fine. But just in case, don't be more than 10 meters away from a toilet you can trust for the next 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> Wash it down with some red wine. <laughs> I anyway, people are funny. I always appreciate some of the humor I get back. But imagine, I mean, you got to care about what you eat. The decision and drink. that's made. That's what this yeah, story is about. What, what we're talking about is caring about 
what you eat and drink and think and and sometimes we can't you know there's a lot of processing that goes on in the world and things like this happen and it's really unfortunate and but at the for the most part just trying to eat healthy and not buying packaged things and making your own I guess lettuce and salads and all those things matters right but I grow a garden I have a huge garden every year that I love so much yeah. And uh I mean, I ate my last potato yesterday from my garden. So we are, you your know, your last isn't your well last into, ever? Your last my, you'll no, never no, eat potato No, 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 no. Gosh. No, I'm eating potatoes are my life. I'm I'm Irish at heart. Oh. Well, I'm actually am Irish. I got tested. I did one of those tests. Did you? But Why? I digress. Why? Wait, no, I want to hear that. Why did you get one of those tests done? Because it was a gift. Somebody spent 200 bucks or whatever they were at the time, and I got Ancestry Dots, whatever. It's, Ancestry more, it's owned by one. the Mormons. Do you know that? Yes, I do know that. <laughs> and my people are Mormons. And your people are Mormons, too. We should buy steaks in that company. <laughs> anyway, I took the test. I've talked about this on the show, I'm yes, sure. Uh, and I'm and I'm. I think I'm we talked about whether Irish we get it and done. Scandinavian. Well, we talked about getting the genetic testing for That's Alzheimer's. Right. I know right. we've talked about that, well, which I have no that. interest in doing. I have no interest in doing that. But anyway, I um, yeah, I got the uh, the uh, the ancestry thing done. But I am uh, the potato thing is big for me. The last potato. What I meant by that is I actually grew the potato last summer. And I took them out of the ground in September. So October, November, December, January, February, five months later, I'm still eating stuff out of my garden. It's very cool. Lettuce you grew in July is not any good right now. Throw no, that no, away. Gosh. Throw that away, Jen. No, the lettuce is, it's, it's pick and grow. You call that, that's stuff you put in your pots on your deck. And even if you live downtown Toronto, folks, or downtown Vancouver or Winnipeg or in LA, you can throw a pot on your deck in the summertime and do pick and grow lettuces of all kinds. It's so fun to grow herbs, um, lettuces. You can plunk in some carrots. Like people talk about space. Uh-uh. Go to your garden center, get some pots, throw them out. I mean, I know I'm talking about this in the dead of winter, but I cannot wait till it's May and I can plant stuff. And I have beautiful boxes in my garden now. But I mean, yeah, I do live out of town, but I'm going to wait till I cook for you, Arlene. I'm going to do I've been a waiting whole years. Meal out of my I've, garden. I've been waiting years <gasps> for you to cook for me, Jen. Years. No, it has not been years. You're a very you're an international jet setter. And, you know, <laughs> it's very rarely that you can take time to come out into to Rocky the... View County to have a meal with me. Oh uh, well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. All right. Come but on. I, you know, you're you're now going to be kind of living east west, right? Well, I don't think I'm going to be living, but I do have a uh, a condo in Toronto, which is recently new. I've got a really good partner in it. In, in my condo uh, <laughs> named Arlene Dickinson. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, but, it's uh, the best partnership okay, ever. But li- yes, but listen to this. Yes. Last year, I spent 55 days in Toronto. That's crazy. So 55 hotel days and my road manager's with me. So we're doing two hotel rooms on the average. And, you know, here, take a deep breath, people, because a hotel room is like 350 350 bucks, yeah. $400 yeah. for something decent. Yeah. And I have my dog. Chris, my road manager, has his dog. So I should have bought a place 10 years ago, and I just never got around to it. And I just never... And my parents were here, and I was looking after them. So now, with mom and dad both, you know, hanging out with Karen Carpenter now, I'm, uh, I just felt kind of liberated. 
I, I felt a little bit liberated. <laughs> what? <laughs> with your mom and dad hanging out with Karen Carpenter, and I like that. Well, I like Karen. Well, probably Elvis okay. or Sammy Davis Jr. But um, yeah, I just just got a I got a condo downtown Toronto. So you know, when I'm in Toronto working, which is a lot, I will be there, and my road manager will stay there as well. And and I'm not throwing money out the window, so I'm a little nervous about it. I need to furnish it and get all that stuff done, but um, it's an exciting change. Well, and I no think- more hotel rooms. I feel like crying. I'm like, uh, oh, it's yay. so great. And you don't need to carry, you know, um, clothes with you all the time. You can leave clothes there. I think I you know, should get our friend. And- you need to get our friend Tommy Smythe to um, furnish it. He's but you were too talking busy. about that. Yeah, he would love to do it. He would love oh to do gosh. it. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't have like a dil- drill gajillion dollars to do this. I mean, I We just plugged them. There's Tommy, a there's a winners around the corner. <laughs> Tommy, free Tommy, think free. <laughs> Tommy, you love Jan, you love me, Tommy. Tommy. Well, Tommy. there's a winners around the corner. And uh, you know, I feel like I can do all the uh four plates, four knives, four forks. I never have plan on having more than four people in there at any given time. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about my new place. Sky's the limit. Listen, I was looking at the uh, Juno Award nominee list, and you've been nominated for two Junos. Congrats. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm, no one's more surprised than me. Um, Adult Contemporary Record of the Year, which I can totally understand. Um, but the other one, the big one, um, which I'm kind of freaked out about, is Album of the Year. And in my illustrious, lengthy, three-decade-long career, I have never been nominated for Album of the Year. Um, the album is called These Are the Days. It was my... It was it was not a record that sold really well, but, you know, the way records are selling now has really changed. Anyhow, it's all streaming. But Bob Rock, my producer, this is so much for him. I mean, he's a brilliant musician, and I wrote all these songs with him. So this is this is all about Bob for me um and such a celebration of his art and his talent and his compassion and his you know his 40 plus years in music and and the work that he's done i'm so happy for him he's so deserving of it we won't win i mean for god's sakes we're up against sean mendez and the weekend and a couple of other really brilliant uh nominees so but just to be nominated i feel like we've already won you yeah well two things about what you just said i mean you're very good at deflecting the credit and not just deflecting that's not a fair word sharing the credit I, I love that you went right to you know this is about Bob and and what he's done and it is it is for sure it is but it's also about you Jan so you know like I just think it's fantastic that you're such you're always so willing to let other people shine on the stage along with you and you're always so grateful for the contributions others make towards your career and I'm, I, I've always respected that about you a lot and don't you dare say you're not may not win or you can't win or whatever you have well, I, I didn't say not, can't I just said you're not won't, going to, but, but it doesn't okay. even matter. It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, but it's it's pretty damn amazing you've been nominated, and I and cannot nobody even it believe it. Well, you're you're very kind, and you know what? Art is so collaborative. Are you hosting and anyone? Sorry. No, okay. I'm not hosting the Junos at all. Sarah McLaughlin's hosting this okay. year. Okay. She's going to do a great job, and um, I think. Uh, did you hear her speech when she got inducted into the Hall of Fame? I didn't. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin's speech. If, if Folks, if you ever get a chance to go back and, and even YouTube Sarah McLaughlin's 
Juno acceptance speech of her Hall of Fame in, induction. It, it is, you know, she she's not like known for being a public speaker, and I think she has spoken about it being a really, really scary, scary thing for her to do. But man, I just sat there and listened to her give this rousing, emotional, compelling, you know, talk um, on national television. So I think, I think uh, huh. having seen that, she's going to do a great job. But yeah, art, art, so collaborative. It, it takes such a group of people, all the musicians that have pay, played on my records over the years, all the, the, the managers and the, the marketing people at the labels. I mean, there's literally hundreds of people behind me holding me up. I mean, I may be this face that you see, and it's the same with your life too, Arlene, is that you may be the, the face of, you know, your your company and your branding, but I mean, I know for a fact how many people that you, you've got in your employ and how many people are helping you do what you do, and you shine a light on those people every day. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it is funny how it does take a village. I mean, there's no such thing. Oh, as, man. There's no such thing as singular success. Like there, nobody does it alone. Nobody. Nobody is. You know, all of the successful people I know have had, su- but support and help and 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 people that are cheering them on. And you know, I I I did a. I had a. Again, I always kind of go back to social media, but I was posting on Instagram about there was a. A post I did about a, uh, it basically said that there's somebody out there less qualified than you right now doing what you've always thought, you know, what you can do. And the only thing that's different between them and you is the fact that, you know, they believed in themselves. And and I think that that whole believing in yourself is so important, but equally important is to have people who believe in you. And so you need a little bit of both, right? You need you need both. And when I did that post, Jan, I had a bunch of my, I'm going to find it to, to read it to you. Um, I had a bunch of my friends DM me. Uh, these are women that you know. These are women that are highly successful who mm-hmm. said, oh my gosh, you have no idea how that post impacted me because I have been getting people telling me that I'm too ambitious, that I, you know, I, I put myself out there too much, that who do I think I am trying to do all these things, that I'm trying too many different things. And mm. and, and, it was, and for the most part, it was other women telling them that. And, you know, my, my response to that was, you know, the people who tell you, you that you can't or that you are too ambitious or that you are, you know, trying for too high a star, those are the people who benefit when you don't change. Yeah. They want you to stay where you are because they need you to stay where you are. And you have to be, right, you have to be able to ignore those people because they will always push you down. They will always have you stay where you are because it's their comfort zone or they're getting something from you or they need something from you at that stage. And if you go on and do bigger things, you might leave them behind. You might not need them anymore. They might not make money off you anymore. So it is, um, I was really appalled and I hate this whole feminist thing where, you know, we're all women, 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 and let's support each other. Yet when it comes right down to it, women are the Worst judges, you know, of people, other women's bodies, other women's looks, other women's success. Oh, we're harder on ourselves than men ever are. Oh, it's horrible. I, I I agree with you on that one. I don't understand the logic in trying to suppress somebody, trying to hold them down, trying to hold them back, trying to keep them from their potential. I mean, there is something so magical in encouragement. There's so there's so much magic, and there's so much grace, and you get so much out of cheering somebody else on the rewards are 
are are too numerous to even get into, uh, you know, on the show because y- you just realize, and sometimes it takes you too many years to realize that encouraging people and 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 seeing other people succeed is so important. I think for your own success, but people don't get that. They're so they get so lost and trapped inside their own fears and their own anxieties and their own worries about where they're going to get to in life. And I think it holds holds you back. To not encourage other other people holds you back. Yeah, if you and if you if you try to be too upbeat and cheerful about other people, then you get accused of being oh, you think you're oh perfect. Oh my god, you think you you're can't perfect. Win. You think yeah, you can't you cannot win. It is it is really it is really exhausting sometimes to be positive. And we've well, talked about my this experience. before. No? That, that, it's not it, 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 no, it's not ex- wait, wait, I want to before you respond to that. Some not exhausting, that's the wrong word. It is really sometimes you you put it out there and it does make you feel better and and you, I don't care what people say or don't say about it. But it is amazing to me how much negativity can come back with when you put out positivity. How much people try to make you look like you're being a Pollyanna or that you're too, you know, you're just too nice. <clears throat> Sorry, now I've go. I've said this so many times. Because she succeeds does not mean you fail. And I don't know why people think, and it happens in the arts quite a bit. You you hear moaning of, um, well, th- th- that song's not even that good, and she's not even that great, and, and I don't even know why she got there, and I didn't. And I've heard my friends, some of my, not friends, colleagues, my fellow musicians speak in, in those kinds of terms. Like, they don't even deserve that, and my song's way better. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it has nothing to do with that. And further to that, in the arts or in any kind of business, I don't know why people always get into this mindset. They think that there's not enough room, that success somehow has this very narrow bandwidth. Success is as wide as you can open your mind and heart and arms. Success is the entire breadth of the the horizon. It's not a laser point where there's only so many it's not like a life draft from the Titanic that, you know, where only 19 people get on board and the rest of you drowned. People think of success in those terms and it is not real. Yeah, I, success, it's well said. It, that, that is not the reality, but that's how it's thought about. But, but, that, right? but it's, it's thought about that way because it does feel... Uh, unattainable sometimes and elitist and and very uh, and very pinpoint you know like it does feel like it is a top of a mountain that doesn't have a plateau in other words only a few people can stand on the top of the mountain and and well, that's I, how success is perceived right and it's perceived that way because uh, again I think it's it, it's it is it is a it requires a lot of things happening at the same time in order to achieve it. But that, again, we talked about this, Jan, success has different definitions for all of us. You know, how we, what we think about what success means is different. So when you talk about being at the top of, you know, your game or at the the best in the world or winning, you know, like, you know, you know, the, the accolades, I think that is, there is a, um, there is a pinnacle to that because, because I, and it doesn't mean that other people can't be successful too, but, you know, there is a reason that, you know, there is only one, um, 
you know, name name any of the Beyonce as an example. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. So, and, and and that because I do think there are people with super talents, and people with super um, who 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 then can leverage those super talents with people around them and the right timing, the right place, the right. They employ a lot of and, people. Right. When you and, when you yeah. see someone successful in the music business, I mean, take Adele for for instance. I love Adele. I mean, I love Adele. Yeah, and but she. She's really single-handedly employs so many people. I mean, the label that she's on, uh, the, she just floats a lot of careers. I, at the end of the day, Arlene, I am so grateful to be working in the arts. I have made my way through my life working in the arts. Sometimes I've been successful at it. Sometimes I've really failed. I mean, I was talking to uh, about this the other day with someone. You know, I have a, a TV show coming out. Um, on the 20th of March, it debuts. It's on CTV. It's, I mean, it's, it's out there. It's called Jan. It's loosely based on me. It's very funny. It's got a great cast. There's 150 people that work on this show. 150 people in the show. People are always like, oh, you, 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 you seem to be successful at everything. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like 15 years ago, I tried to do a television show. Um, I don't even, I can't even remember what it was called. It was such a miserable failure. It was almost laughable. I cringe every time someone brings it up or that it shows somewhere again. Like sometimes it's on a, like some weird late night thing. I, I honestly don't remember what it was called, but uh, I did it with a producer out of Ottawa. It was the worst thing you could ever possibly see, but I learned so much and I failed. I failed trying it at that time. It was a failure. And I feel bad because everyone that was working on it didn't get the chance to go forward either. But I'm telling it was, you know, I fail all the time. Like, you just don't see it. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's a great way for us to end our conversation today because I have to run right now. But I think at the, first of all, hey, everybody, Jan's new show, March 20th. <laughs> on CTV. Tune in. We're going to talk about my new show on our next episode because I also have one. But listen to Jan. Tune into Jan's show. Um, Listen to her when she talks about failure and and getting yourself back up. Um, I love listening to her. I love talking to her. Jan, it's always great to, to spend time with you. I'll talk to you next week. Coming to you live from my bedroom. Until next time, Arlene. Talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. Thank you for listening to The Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson, a weekly podcast and radio show. Subscribe and download The Business of Life wherever you listen to podcasts.